I want to encourage you and I want you to press in to the fact that God sustained, protected, guided, and shepherded this promise for generation upon generation upon generation upon generation. He did not let it falter. He did not let the bloodline of David stop. We see it in Matthew, all of the generations um, between Abraham and Jesus. He maintained his promise to bring a baby via a virgin. He's good at his word. It's time now for the Autumn Miles Show. Hey, hey guys, it's your girl, Autumn Miles. Merry Christmas. It it is the season. It is the season. I hope you are wrapping your Christmas presents, even though I don't have any yet. <laughs> I hope you're putting up your tree. I hope you're drinking hot chocolate and you are just enjoying. Let's have this attitude this season. No matter what comes, we're going to enjoy those small moments that we have with our kids, with our mates, with our friends, with our family. Let's just enjoy this season. I love this season. I love everything about it. I love you guys. We're going to be starting our uh, Christmas series that will run all the way through uh, December. And we're going to talk about the different aspects of the Christmas story, which I am obsessed with. So many things are happening in my life. Guys, we're getting so many different stories from you guys, what God's doing in your life, a testimony, how good God is, you know, this word really helped me, the wilderness series that you guys love that wilderness series. Keep it coming. Keep it coming. We want to hear all about it, all about it, all about it, all about it. You can email hello at autumnmiles.com. You can DM us on any of our socials, Autumn Miles on Facebook, Autumn Miles on Instagram. You can go to the website. You can do all the things. I do want to make an announcement. We are about to have some incredible merch, brand new merch for a brand new series that I am starting in January. You are not going to want to miss this series. I'm already pumped about it. It's going to be good. It's going to be powerful. So that's coming. Look for the merch updates on our socials and it'll be on the website and stuff like that. But it's coming. Okay. It's coming. Um, what is God doing in my life? Well, God's doing a lot. What are we doing? What is happening in my life? That's probably a better way to say it. We just put up all of our Christmas trees. And, you know, it's a wonderful time of year when we do that. I definitely will say that ushering in the new year is one of, I'm sorry, the Christmas season is one of those things that I really forced early in marriage. We're going to do this. You're going to like it with Eddie. And then as a couple years rolled on, now he is like, when are we putting up our trees? When are we putting up, you know, when are we doing all the things for Christmas? It has happened in our house, we put up, let's see, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight trees. 
this past weekend. Eight. Now, now before you freak out, four of them are little baby trees that my kids put up in their uh, rooms. They're like the two foot trees, you know, the ones you can buy for twenty nine dollars. Uh, those are in their their rooms, and they all love a Christmas tree. But we have a big one in our room, and we have three really big ones throughout the house. But we did that this weekend, and I have to say. Everyone got up early because everyone loves it. Moses was up at 5.30 and he's like, Mom, it's time to decorate for Christmas. And I'm like, dude, it is Saturday. Like, I, first of all, I need coffee. And second of all, I've got to make muffins. I've got to make sausage balls. I've got to make all of these little things. And it's absolutely so fun that we do that together as a family. Grace got up. She was in a great mood, even though she was, she had a game the night before and didn't get in late. Jude got up. He already, he put, he came downstairs with shoes on his feet, ready to go. Haven dragged herself out of bed, you know, an hour after all of us were up and ready. But you know what? It is one of those traditions that everyone looks forward to. Everyone is excited about. We put up the trees and... And I do have to say that because my kids are older, um, one, Grace is 17 and Jude is 14. Jude is taller than Eddie. So Jude can like pick stuff up. He can reach stuff. He can do things for me that Eddie always had to do. But now I have like two. I have two men in my house, which is amazing. He's a young man, but he's still got a man body. Do you know what I mean? Um, Anyway, it was so amazing. We loved it for about an hour. (laughs) And then it became work. And then it was like, where do you want this ornament to go? And I'm like, just put it there. And um, Grace went behind the babies and moved and arranged the ornaments to where they were all equal. But Christmas is in full swing. Mariah Carey, Nat King Cole, Bing Crosby are playing loud. And I've already made hot chocolate about six times because my kids, as soon as we put up the Christmas trees, they ask me for hot chocolate every single day. So Christmas is in full swing at our house. I'm so excited about it and um, we're just loving it. So that is what's happening in my world. We're all pitching in. We're all singing the songs. We're all doing the thing. Everyone has to have joy and be jolly or else. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I hope that's happening in your life. Um, We're going to talk about Christmas today after the break. We're going to talk about just promises fulfilled after the break. It's going to be really, really good. Love you guys. Let's get to it right after the break. We're going to start our Christmas series. I'll see you in a second. Looking for a passionate speaker to bring the Word of God for your next conference or church function? We've got the girl for you. Autumn Miles is the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministries with the goal of spiritually challenging the way people think. Autumn is dedicated to teaching the Bible in an engaging and relatable way so that everyone can experience the Lord in a deeper way. Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse, and she's passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. So what are you waiting for? You can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement today. Just go to autumnmiles.com. Once there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Click on it and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. Let's go! 
Okay, guys, we are back from the break. I have just such a special word, you know, in this brand new, like we are entering the Christmas season. We're on the genesis of this season where we get to worship our Savior and we get to worship and remember the the sacrifice that he made of coming from heaven, you guys. Our Savior came from heaven and wrapped himself in flesh and humbled himself for us. He humbled himself and became human. The creator became the created for us. And today I um, I have just such a special heart for you. I'm going to be honest. Uh, we're very prepared over at the Autumn Mile Show. We have a lot going on, a lot of, a lot of little hands in the pot, a lot of little hands that are are trying to to make sure that we put out something excellent for you guys. So um, my team always comes together. It, uh, we literally ask the Lord, what do you want us to say? And we, we always think we have a pretty good idea. <laughs> and then I come in and mess it all up. Uh, no, but in my um, my production meeting yesterday, I really I felt really good about the direction that we were going today. And then the Lord last night started speaking to me and said, nope, that's not what I want you to say. So this morning in my meeting, as I was talking to Amanda, I said, we can go through this outline and I think we should go through this outline. But just know I'm not I, when she was done. Um, I said, we are going to change everything. <laughs> so that's what we're doing. And this is why. Because in the last couple of days, in the last couple of weeks, as I've been talking to pastors and pastors' wives and ministers and people that are leaders and mothers, and um, I've I've had a lot of conversations. I I have a lot of conversations through the week through people that need counsel or just friends or whatever. This is what I'm hearing. I'm hearing, I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for direction. I'm waiting for healing. I'm waiting for an answer. I'm waiting, but the wait just seems so long. And the answer seems so vast. And at this point, I'm looking at something that I didn't think I was going to be looking at weeks ago, months ago, or even years ago. I'm in a position I didn't think I would be in, but I'm trusting solely on the Lord and I'm waiting. I'm waiting for his timing. I'm waiting for his action. I'm waiting for his spirit. I'm waiting to be guided. And over and over and over again, in the last several weeks, I have heard this resounding moment. And this is what I know. If they're telling me this, I know that these these people are also asking God, where is it? Where is that thing that I have been desperately waiting for? Where is that promise that you said you were going to bring me? Where is that affirmation that I need in order to go in this direction? Where is my husband? Where is my child? Where is my prodigal? Where is that financial help that you promised that you are going to give me? Where is it? So if I'm hearing the tail end of those conversations, I know very well that there are those of you today that are listening that have had your face to the ground, your face to the steering wheel, your face um, facing heaven, and you're crying out to the Lord and saying, I am waiting for your timing, but where is it? 
And I have just such a special little little treasure of a word for you guys today. I want to talk to you about Jesus, the timing, what fueled Jesus actually coming, and, and the cries and the hallelujahs that were offered on the other side of a promise fulfilled. This is what it says in Galatians 4.4, 4, and these texts are special to me because God gave them to me literally last night about 9.30. In Galatians 4, we see um, just such a beautiful uh, several verses that is all talking about we're, we're no longer slaves. We're sons. We're daughters. But this is what it says in Galatians 4, 4. And this is what I want to focus on for those of you that are waiting, for those of you that are crying out, where is it? Where, where is my big break coming from? Where is the opportunity coming from? Where is the money coming from? Galatians 4.4 4 says this, but when the fullness of the time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. I'm not going to go on because I have a lot of other passages to read, but I do encourage you to go back and just read Galatians 4 because it's amazing and you're going to be encouraged because of it. And, um, you know, God is just, his whole word is just absolutely unbelievable. The fullness of time is literally talking about the appointed time, the time, the time that God set God sets a time to fulfill his word. There is a time like a date on the clock that God sets in order to fulfill his word. Um, when Jesus was prophesied in the Old Testament through the Old Testament prophets, the time was already set. The time was already in place. It was already on the calendar, on God's calendar, okay? Um, we just get to know about it from the Old Testament prophets. In Galatians 4.4, 4, there is testimony right there, right clear. The fullness of time came and God sent his son. The fullness of time, the appointed time, the date on the calendar that God set did come. The fullness of time for you, the date on the calendar, the appointed time is coming. It's set. It's set. In uh, Psalms, uh, the psalmist puts it like this. Let me get it for you guys. Psalm 31, 15. My times, the psalmist says, straight from David are in your hand, your hand, Lord, not my hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies. He was facing an enemy and he really wanted to be delivered. And from those who persecute me, make your face shine upon your servants. Save me in your loving kindness. What does he recognize in this moment? David recognizes in Psalm 31, 15, my times, they're not in my hand. They're not in my job's hand. They're not in my spouse's hand. They're not in my kid's hand. They're not in the government's hand. My times, Lord, are in your hands. That promise that God has offered you or, or asked of you is not your responsibility to fulfill. In Isaiah 9, we get 
the promise, the genesis of what God is going to do. Galatians 4, 4 is the testimony of it. It happens in the middle of the New Testament. We get an introduction to a promise that is the greatest promise God has ever given us. I want to read it for you, but for Isaiah 9, and I'm going to read uh, several verses, probably all the way through 7. This is God speaking through Isaiah, but there will be no more gloom for her who was in anguish. In earlier times, he treated the land of Zebulun. Now, I'm going to say a bunch of big words. Don't get lost in the text because this is so good. In earlier times, he treated the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali with contempt. But later on, he shall make it glorious. That's a promise. He shall make it glorious. By the way of the sea, on the other side of the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. I'm going to make it glorious by way of the sea on the other side of the Jordan. We know where Jesus did most of his miracles was where? On the other side of the Jordan. The people who walk in darkness will see great light. Do you feel like you're in darkness today and you're like, what is going on with my life? You will see great light. Those who live in a dark land, this light will shine on them. You shall multiply the nations. You shall increase their gladness. They will be glad in your presence as with the gladness of harvest. As men rejoice, they divide the spoil. For you shall break the yoke of their burden and the staff of their shoulders, the rod of the oppressor, as at the battle of Midian. That's referring back to um, Gideon. For every boot of the booted warrior and the battle tumult and cloak rolled in blood will be for burning fuel for fire. For unto us. A child will be given, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it, to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. And this is the part that I'm obsessed with. One of my favorite verses in the Bible. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. Now, this is our introduction to the Christ child being born. For unto us, they all say different, all the different versions say things differently. I obviously learned in the KJV, so I just (laughs) recite that. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us. This is the way that God is going to answer the need. 
in Isaiah 9, 1 through 5, it says what it's going to do. I am going to come in. Those who walk in darkness will see great light. Those who uh, live in a dark land, the light will shine upon them. You shall multiply the nation, shall increase their gladness. They will be glad in your presence and with gladness of harvest and men will rejoice. And on and on and on it goes. That's what the fulfillment of this baby is going to do. Guess what's coming? Gladness. Light. The answer. And in Galatians 4, 4, it came. When Isaiah prophesied this, God already knew when it was going to happen. When Isaiah said, a, a baby's going to be born to us, a son's going to be given, and the government is going to rest upon his shoulders. And his name's going to be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, eternal father, prince of peace. There will be no end to his increase. You guys, this prophecy from Isaiah was given 700 years before Jesus shows up in Bethlehem. 700 years. 700 years we see this promise lingering this promise that is, you know, if you forget about it, then you actually think that he's, it, the promise is not still in motion. This promise is a, a promise that God hasn't, didn't forget about. He hadn't forgot about. He wasn't tired. He wasn't thinking, oh yeah, that promise about Jesus being sent, my only son. Oh yeah, I need to do that. It was always on the top of his mind. There was a date in mind whenever God was going to fulfill this promise. You're not going to have darkness anymore. You're going to have light. You're not going to be full of gloom anymore. I'm going to give you peace and I'm going to give it in the form of a baby. 700 years, however, was the time lapse between Isaiah 9 and Matthew, the fulfillment. But Galatians 4, 4 says, when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son. I want to minister just out of my own heart to those that are between the promise and the fullness of time coming. You're in between. You're wondering, do I believe for this any longer? I mean, that's why Isaiah sounded kind of crazy, because Israel was really in a bad spot in the days of Isaiah, Jeremiah. And really, for the next 700 years, they weren't great. But some of you guys are in between and you're asking and you're praying and you're saying, God, you said it, but where is it? I, I don't know if I can believe another year. I don't know if I can believe another day. I feel like I want to give up. I feel like I want to give in. Let me tell you something. Just like God was true to his word to send his son via Mary to all of us, the same God that fulfilled that promise is fulfilling yours as well. I want to encourage you and I want you to press in to the fact that God sustained, protected 
guided and shepherded this promise for generation upon generation upon generation upon generation. He did not let it falter. He did not let the bloodline of David stop. We see it in Matthew, all of the generations um, between Abraham and Jesus. He maintained his promise to bring a baby via a virgin. He's good at his word. He's an expert at fulfilling promises. There was no generation too evil. There was no generation too sinful. There was no generation that was too uh, unthankful. There was not one generation, even the ones that stopped believing. He still maintained his promise throughout those. Even when the treasures of the world, the idols of the world were worshiped instead of Yahweh, the one true God, he still maintained his promise through all of those. When God gives a promise to you, there is a appointed time calendar date for it to happen. And he is good, great, an expert, the best that ever lived at making sure that no circumstance is going to uh, uh, stop his word. The Bible says, I am watching over my word to perform it. The promise that uh, God made through Isaiah here in, in Isaiah 9 sounds amazing. Let me get back to it. I'm so excited that my Bible pages are turning. The people who walk in darkness will see great light. Those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. You shall multiply the nation. You shall increase their gladness. They will be glad in your presence and with the gladness of harvest and men will rejoice when they divide the spoil for you shall break the yoke of their burden and the staff on their shoulders, the rod of the oppressor as at the battle of Midian. We all know what happened at the battle of Midian. 300 men completely overcame, killed, conquered Midian who had been uh, brutalizing the nation of Israel for a number of years where all of the Israelites were depressed and very, very scared. For every boot of the booted warrior in the battle of Tumul and cloak rolled in blood will be for burning and fuel for fire. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. And he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There'll be no end to the increase of his government or peace. And the last part of verse 7 says this, The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. This is why I have a heart for those of you today that have been giving a promise and you're kind of in the middle don't you think like um, a year 350 after this promise would have been a hard one? <laughs> it just struck me funny. Yeah, well, Isaiah prophesied this 350 years ago, but it's probably not coming. It's probably not coming. It's probably, God probably forgot. I probably sinned my way out of this promise. 
I probably, um, you know, didn't serve in the nursery three years in a row. So God is punishing me by not fulfilling this promise. I probably did something to stop this promise. And all of those things, maybe they are true. I don't know. But this is what I know about God. The fuel to this promise was not a human word. The fuel to this promise was something that none of us could conjure up. None of us can control. None of us can manipulate. None of us can um, predict. None of us can even prophesy to. The fuel to this promise and to your promise is this. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. God is so integrous to himself. There is such a zeal, such a passion for his own word, but also such a zeal and such a passion for his children that nothing can stop, even slow down the zeal, the passion, the jealousy of the Lord for his children and for his promises. The fuel to your promise is not a word that's going to fail over and over and over again. As a matter of fact, in Joshua, it says not one of the promises that God made Israel failed all came to pass. The fuel to your promise from God is not some word that you have to check up, double check, fact check, do the whole Google search, all that kind of stuff. The fuel to fulfilling the word of God over your life is God's zeal itself. Lest you think that it's not coming. The zeal of the Lord of hosts is protecting his word to you. Those of you that are in the middle, you're on a process with the word and the fuel to that word is not your feelings, your emotions, anyone else's word. The fuel to that word being fulfilled is the zeal of the Lord of hosts who has seen your cry who has seen your frustration, who has seen your isolation, who has seen your heartbreak, who has seen your brokenness, who has seen your striving. And he said, my seal is going to bring about the fulfillment of time for you. My seal. Not your zeal. Guess what? When we're working with God's zeal, we can have a bad day. When we're working with God's zeal, we can struggle. When we're working with God's zeal and God said it and God, uh, God has confirmed it with his word, when we are working with God's word, his zeal protects his word so you can be human. Isn't that great? <laughs> You're having a, a day where you doubt? Well, guess what? So did Peter. You're having a day where you're struggling? Well, guess what? So do I. But when you're working with the power of a word from the word, in the beginning was the word. When you're working with a word from the word, let me tell you something. The zeal of the Lord will accomplish this, Isaiah 9, 7. So you can chill. You can be relaxed. Because Galatians 4, 4, in the, when the fullness of time 
had come. God sent a son. The fullness of time came. In the process, I think it's so beautiful that this fullness of time coming, <laughs> because it took 700 years for the fullness of time coming, God gives words to encourage us. Isaiah was not the last person to prophesy. He was the first person. He was not the last person to prophesy about the coming Jesus, the coming Messiah. There were several major and minor prophets that prophesied about the coming Messiah. It wasn't just one thing. God actually confirmed his word through other prophets. He actually confirmed the word he gave Isaiah through Isaiah multiple times. This is one passage in Isaiah that I want to uh, bring your eyes to, to encourage you. Isaiah 46 says this, remember the former things long past for I'm God. There's no other. I am God and there is no one like me. I declare an end from the beginning. And from ancient times, things which have not been done, saying, my purpose will be established, and I will accomplish my good pleasure. In verse 11, it says this, I have planned it. Surely I will do it. We see God. So he gave us the promise, but we see God confirming his word again and again and again through Isaiah, through Micah, through um, many, many places in the Old Testament. Why? Because he knew that Israel would be in the middle between the promise and the fulfillment of it. And he raised up people that he could speak into to say, it's coming, it's on the way. What Isaiah said, he's not crazy. It's actually happening, okay? God gave me the same word. God gave me the same word. And we continually go back to scripture to see that God not, not only is his zeal accomplishing his word, his word is speaking through other people to confirm his word. Those of you that are in the middle, that are about to give up on a word that God's given you, you need to look to the scripture and let the word confirm the word he's given you. The word will confirm the word. And you know what? Here's the great thing about God. He's so patient. He'll confirm his word to you as many times as you need it. Not one time have I gone to the Lord and said, Lord, I'm really struggling today. Are you sure you said? And he's laughed at me. Not one time. He's always said, Autumn, I know you struggle. <laughs> I know you struggle in this. Let me help you. Here's a word from my word to confirm the word that I initially told you. Because the fullness of time is coming for you too. I want to take you to Luke and then we'll be done. I just love this. I absolutely love this because we have two guys that are faithful. We see uh, Zacharias and we see Simeon. And um, it's absolutely, um, to, if you were a Zacharias, like you were like the dude, okay? Like I know Mary is incredible and she's like the woman and Joseph and all the people. But he's the first person that actually knew that the fullness of time was imminent. He's the guy. He is the guy that God's like, you see, Zacharias, I want you to go and I want you to tell him that the 700 year promise is on the way. Okay, let's read about it in Luke 1. In the days of Herod, king of Judah, uh, Luke 1, 5. 
there was a priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah and his wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. They both were righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord, but they had no child because Elizabeth was barren. They were both advanced years. Now it happened, verse 8, while he was performing this priestly service before God in the appointed order of his salvation, according to the custom, he was chosen to enter the temple to burn incense. A whole multitude of people were in prayer outside at the hour of incense, and an angel of the Lord appeared standing to the right of the altar of incense. Zechariah was troubled when he saw the angel, but the angel said to him, don't be afraid, Zacharias. Your petition has been heard. Your wife will bear you a son and you shall give him the name John. You will have what? Joy and gladness. And many will rejoice at his birth for he will be great in the sight of the Lord uh, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb and he will turn many of the sons of Israel back to the Lord it is he boom who will go as a forerunner before him Jesus in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the disobedient to the attitude of righteous so as to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. It's hard to believe. So Zechariah's answers was, how do I know this for certain? <laughs> the angel said to him, I'm Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God. And I've been sent to speak this good news to you. Now you're going to be silent because you didn't believe me. He was stunned, but he was the first one to know it. That's how faithful this guy was. Then after Jesus came, I want to read you the response from Simeon. Luke 2.25, Luke 2, and there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, just like Zacharias. Looking for a consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents, Mary and Joseph, brought in the child Jesus to carry out for him the custom of the law, which was he was about to be circumcised, he took him into his arms and blessed him and said, Now, Lord, you are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all people a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. I want to encourage you with this. They were waiting. They were faithful. They were trusting. They knew the scriptures. They served in the temple. God directly told Simeon before it happened, and the angel told Zacharias as it was about to happen imminently. I'm going to do something great. The fullness of time has come. And their response was, one, shock, and two, thanksgiving. I want to tell you guys, those that are waiting, the promise is there. The fullness of time has not yet come. You do not want that thing when 50% of the time has come. Because the time's not right. 
You want that thing when the fullness of time to God has come so that you can be shocked by the good news and praise and honor the Lord because all you see is the glory of God. Thank God. Thank you, Jesus, that you sent your son and that you fulfilled your word and that your zeal fueled your word and that you didn't forget and that your eyes were on it. Thank you for protecting your word. Thank you for protecting your promise. Because those that are, of us that are sitting, that are listening, that are waiting, that are wondering, where is it, where is it, where is it? This promise shows us that you haven't forgotten about our promise. Thank you for being faithful. Thank you for being true. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you guys. I hope that encouraged you guys today. Uh, I'll be back in a second with a question from you guys and a story for what God is doing in your life. Are you new to this whole Jesus thing and don't know where to start? Or maybe you've been following him for a while and you want to dig deeper into the word of God. Then you've come to the right place. Each month, Autumn hosts an online, in-depth Bible study through Facebook Live called The Jesus Initiative. The Jesus Initiative is a monthly spiritual challenge to anyone willing to join and grow deeper in their faith. She covers topics such as how to wait when waiting is hard, moving forward in faith even when you're terrified, and how to combat the spiritual warfare in your mind. Autumn's desire is to help break down complex topics in a way that's easy for everyone to understand and implement into their everyday lives. The goal of the Jesus Initiative is to tackle real-life topics in a real-life way, grounded in the Word of God. Understanding the things of God doesn't have to be hard. If you're a believer who wants to grow in your faith and strengthen your relationship with God, these Bible studies will challenge you in all the right ways. Simply search Autumn Miles on Facebook or follow her on Instagram at at Autumn Miles and click the follow button so you can stay in the loop for when the next Bible study starts. Okay, guys, we're back. I hope that encouraged you guys today. I just, I want you to know there's nothing stronger than the zeal of the Lord acting on your behalf. <laughs> it's, just, it's just nothing stronger. He is the source. It is the source. It is the fuel behind the faithfulness of God. And I hope that encourages you. I hope, um, and I want to hear from you. If you do, email me at hello at autumnmiles.com. We want to hear all about it. Um, okay, so I have a question here from one of y'all. It says, I'm having a really hard time with my mindset. Girl, I get it. I don't know. Actually, I don't know if this is a girl. <laughs> But I understand. I'm having trouble depending on God alone as I think I can handle things on my own. How do I shift my thinking from believing I can do it all to relying on God to help me? Well, this is an incredible question. I did a whole series, a uh, podcast series on the mind, which was really, really great for me to do my own self. I would encourage you to go back and to listen to that because it's really going to help. Also, a great resource for this is um, Joyce Meyer's book, The Battlefield of the Mind, is also uh, great to read. But just 
And seeing what you're saying, we all have ability within ourselves. God gave us a brain. He gave us drive. He gave us desire. He gave us creativity. There are things that we can do ourselves, and he wants us to do of ourselves. You know, there are tons of things that we are equipped and empowered to do by God. But then there are those things that are impossible to do. They're impossible for us to Um, we can't heal ourselves. We can't, you know, produce financial blessing for ourselves. We can work really, really hard, but sometimes a lot of people are working really, really hard and they still are falling short. When you have a great need, your help will only get you what your help can get you. God's help will get you the absolute glory that he can get you. Uh, there's a lot of things that we can take into our own hands, but I am not living a lie. I want to live an abundant life. That's what God calls us to, to live an abundant life. And if that's your heart, if that's your desire and you want something more out of your life, yes, obviously you could maintain your, you can go to work, you come home, you can go to the grocery store, you know, whatever. But if you're wanting to live that abundant life, say, Lord, what do you have for me to do? I want to see your glory. I want to see your glory. And that's when God comes in and shows us a side of himself that is absolutely unbelievable. The mind is a big thing um, that I I want you to go back and listen to that podcast, The Mind Series, and also read um, Battle of the Mind uh, by Joyce Meyer because it's so incredibly good. It will help you shift your thinking. Uh, Here's a testimony from a follower. That was unbelievable. Guys, this is what God is doing in our people, our people, our people. This is what God is doing amongst us. We have one of these every single week, and every single one of them is miraculous. God is doing the miraculous among our ministry and y'all out there that are being faithful to the call of Christ. This precious lady says, I know you've all prayed for me when I've asked for prayer, which we do. We pray for people all the time that reach out to us. And for the last seven months... Uh, The last seven months have been the hardest I've ever endured. My best friend, my husband, got hurt at work, and we were both told he would not respond to treatment. Oh, sounds like Jesus is about to come in. Fast forward to today. He is still in inpatient therapy and comes home on weekends, but will be released to outpatient November 18th, which was just a few days ago. He doesn't remember everything about our past and is uh, somewhat not himself, but we are continuing to have faith that progress will still be made all while pressing into God for this victory. God showed up and showed off. And then she actually sent us a lot of pictures of him making tacos. Which is just absolutely amazing. So we are celebrating with you. I can't even tell you how many stories of people have come to me and they're like, the doctor said, the whoever said it was impossible, but then God showed up. I've got so many testimonies in my own family of people that have said, mm, we can't do this. And then God shows up and God does what no human can predict. He produces a miracle, a modern day miracle in our lives. That is amazing. I'm so thankful that he did respond to treatment. He is responding to treatment. And in Jesus name, God is going to finish that work in him. I love that story. Let it stir all of our faith today. 
Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. Um, we're going to continue in our Christmas series next week. I love Christmas. I have a lot to say about the story. It's absolutely incredible. All the little intricate details in this story. Join me next week for a brand new edition of the Autumn Mile Show. I love you guys so much. Have an awesome week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, you can check out the many resources that Autumn has available, from her books and past episodes to her video series. We've got all the tools you need to help you grow deeper in your relationship with God. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. To get connected and for more encouraging content, you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. We appreciate your prayers and support for this ministry. It's because of you that we have been able to impact millions of people worldwide and that we can continue to serve those who need to hear Autumn's message of victory and promise. Find out how you can come alongside us when you go to autumnmiles.com. Just search the top of the index for the support tab. Thank you for listening in today and be sure to join us next time for another episode of The Autumn Miles Show.